Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, July 9th. I'm so glad that you guys have taken the time to join me today. I'm going to pick up today where I left off yesterday with my guest, Liza Grevy. We're going to be talking about vaccines and what's happening with the, in the culture right now, particularly as it relates to COVID-19 and the massive push in the culture to get vaccinated vaccinated. We need to be talking about vaccine choice, and that is going to be the topic of today's podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. By now, you've heard that I'm running for Congress to replace Jamie Herrera-Butler, representing Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. I'm an author and a speaker, and I've lived in this district for a very long time. And I am asking you for the honor to represent you in the House of Representatives. We've got some huge deadlines coming up for fundraising. We need to take this country back. We were once the party of ideas, you guys, but we have devolved into a cult of personality, and we have lost our way. I want to bring common sense back to the floor of the House of Representatives. Now is the time for a new generation of conservative leaders to stand up, and I am here to stand in the gap for Washington State. For more information, go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can sign up to volunteer, get on our prayer team, and support this run financially. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So you guys, thanks for tuning in today. We are very, very excited to have Liza back on the show. I know this is a hot topic and I know some of you disagree with me. I'm going to encourage you just to listen with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, Certainly my mind and my heart have been changed regarding vaccines and when it's good and when it's not good. And uh, we've got to be talking about this because this is a household topic right now. And uh, the debate really has been characterized by most media and many politicians as a fight between between those who are concerned about public health and people who ignorantly disregard public safety and would endanger others because of their decisions not to vaccinate because those fears are overblown. Nobody knows this uh, topic better than my guest today. Liza Grevy is back on the show with me. And as I said yesterday, uh, I feel really honored to have her here. She is the executive director of Oklahomans for Health and Parental Rights Political Action Committee. She really had me at parental rights. I was like, yes. Yep, she's that, that girl uh, is my girl. She is a mother of seven, and she is a woman who saw that there was a problem, and she didn't just complain about it like we see so many people doing. She actually got up and got busy. She rolled up her sleeves instead of throwing up her hands, and she really is setting an example for the rest of us to follow. Liza Grevy, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. So you and I talking a little bit yesterday about uh, really kind of the myth of herd immunity and this idea that, you know, if you get vaccinated, it's, you know, it's a one and done. I think it's interesting. And I want to get into the propaganda of the vaccine industry right now that's really coming by and large from the Biden administration. It's it's uh, it's terrifying, actually. But I want to just talk about why you think we have gotten to where we are right now. Is it because we don't have enough grassroots activism? Is it because we just have sort of blindly been trusting what our doctors and what the CDC, which again, I feel like these guys have so discredited themselves. Like I'll never listen to the CDC again. You know, now they're they're um, they're locking down Los Angeles County again. They're trying to scare us because of a new variant of the Rona. 
And I keep telling my listeners, listen, fool us once, shame on us. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We need to wake up. So what's your what's your feeling as to kind of how we got to uh, where we are right now? Yeah, I think we got here obviously by not questioning anything as it relates to vaccinations. Um, and I think we saw probably 10, 15 years ago that the minute somebody did start questioning, oh, wow, they were immediately called an anti-vaxxer. If you were a doctor, your license could be stripped. You could lose your job. So, you know, a marketing campaign went very heavy on anybody. And I think it silenced a lot of people. But now we're at a point where a lot of people are questioning, because like you said, public health is, is, is just, it can't be trusted. One day you don't need to mask. The next day you need to mask. The next day you need to wear four. You know, it's just so unreliable and people are starting to wake up and question and we should have been doing that for a long time. I didn't mention it in our show yesterday, but I have to mention it because your listeners have to know a very important date that took place in 1986. And when you learn about this date, it kind of makes the whole vaccine program and the whole all of these issues maybe not make sense, but it kind of puts a different light on the whole issue. And that was in 1986, the uh, National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was signed into law by Ronald Reagan. And history, there's some notations showing that he had, was very apprehensive about signing it. He really didn't want to sign this law because it took away uh, legal liability, essentially giving immunity to the pharmaceutical industry, the vaccine makers, if something happened to your child, say seizures, death, but they were having so many problems, particularly with the DTP at the time vaccine, which we don't even have on the market now. No, because now it's the acellular pertussis, correct? Right, right. So it was pulled, but at the time, back in the 70s and the 80s, Babies, toddlers were having uh, seizures. They were dying, mental retardation, different cognitive issues. And the parents were suing the vaccine makers. And they told Congress and and Ronald Reagan, if you don't sign this bill and protect us, we're going to stop making vaccines. So it was a pivotal time in history where the decision was made. And we're told he made the decision because he wanted the process for parents to be easy. Um, which kind of, if you think about him, it kind of doesn't make sense because he always said government, you know, got in the way. But I think, you know, he didn't want them to have to go through litigation and hire attorneys. So the program was supposed to be a program that you would file with the government and everybody that filed a claim was to be compensated. But this program has turned out to be a huge, sad joke. We filed when our son had injury and we were lumped. There were so many cases that were similar to ours. It was, they had to lump us with thousands of cases that were so similar. And then they, instead of actually looking at our case as an individual case, they pick three test cases and just dismiss them all. So thousands were dismissed at one time. And this was, you know, like I said yesterday, my son's 18. So this was nearly 16 years ago. To date, this vaccine program 
most of the money doesn't even go to children. It goes to adults who have had flu vaccine injuries. So children really are not even getting compensated. And I believe, I don't even know the exact number, but it's in the billions of dollars compensated. But again, because people are not getting fully compensated, children are not getting recognized, that's just scratching the surface of what could have been and what should be compensated to the American people. And like I said, the vaccine makers are totally liability free. They don't pay anything but a, a tax per vaccine. And, and I think that's why vaccines are being pushed because it's a money maker. They don't have to market because the states or legislative bodies are marketing for them. And, you know, and they don't have to pay out lawsuits if something goes wrong. Man, that is devastating. It's de- well, and people don't, I think that's why, you know, I'm so baffled with the COVID-19. I'm like, you guys, it's not even approved. And these guys have absolutely zero liability. So you're basically a lab rat at this point, And we're just crossing our fingers and wishing upon a star and hoping that nothing goes wrong. But the fact of the matter is uh, the news is reporting. I mean, I read an article in April that said there had been a 6,000% increase in reported vaccine deaths in the first quarter of 2021. Six thousand percent, and I think we should ex- we should exper- expect this, right? Because we're talking about an experimental vaccine. Now we already know that that people are being injured by the ones who are supposedly tested and safe. This one's not tested really at all, and so here we are. And I think, man, I mean, you're right because I think what we're looking at it's a dark agenda, and it seems to be being pushed by money. Yeah. Well, a lot of the pharmaceutical uh, makers, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, you know, they've all been convicted of fraud on many levels, whether it be scientific fraud or blackmailing. I mean, if you look at their history, it's pretty dark. But yet when it comes to the product, you know, we don't necessarily even look at who's making it. And like you said, long-term side effects can't be known until it's been long-term and it hasn't. So the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, is kind of become more known, I think, over the last year. Most people, even doctors and nurses, had never really heard of VAERS. And that is where, once this 1986 act was put into place, that VAERS uh, website or uh, reporting system was also put into place because doctors were then supposed supposed to report to VAERS. And then Congress was supposed to hold the agencies accountable when reports started coming into VAERS. So like, for example, if a vaccine hit the market and there was a lot of reports, then it was up to the agencies and Congress to evaluate those systems every few years. But would you believe it that Congress has not even been evaluating these databases for years, not just two years, but I mean, we're probably talking about an entire generation. So, you know, they're not looking at the big picture and all of the safety nets that were supposed to be put in place. Nobody is holding them accountable. And then when you look at who is the largest lobby in DC right now, it is the pharmaceutical industry. They outspend oil and gas three to one. Did they outspend the teachers' union? I really want to know. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe so. I don't know by how much, but I believe so. <laughs> Dude, the teachers' union, I don't have time to talk about it right now, but the NEA, the National Educators Association, just put out their agenda for their, uh, their, new, their, their, uh, their next convention. It is terrifying. 
absolutely terrifying what they're doing to children. It's un, it's unbelievable. And I think it's interesting, you and I don't know each other very well, but I have a feeling we would agree on a lot of things. If I were a woman who was a gambling woman and two years ago, you know, all the people that live where, you know, around the area where I live, you know, the people in Portland who are like absolutely obsessing over organics, right? They avoid GMOs, they avoid pesticides and, and um, glyphosate and all that stuff, who would jump up and down to take an experimental vaccine and talk about how amazing it is. It's almost like I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, aren't you the guys that going, they're going to extraordinary lengths to make sure that your blood doesn't have any pesticides or herbicides in it or heavy metals or harmful ingredients, no hydrogenated oils, no MSG, no artificial colors. But now you're going to think nothing of flooding your bloodstream with a spiked protein that we have no idea what it's going to, what the long-term effects are going to be. And I feel like it's a reminder to me that we got to teach our kids to be free thinkers. We've got to teach our kids to question the narrative instead of going along with it and going along with the propaganda. Did you see that in, was it March of earlier this year when Krispy Kreme said they were going to give away a free donut every day for a year to anybody who could show, uh, bring in their vaccine card, right? So they, they announced this, right? A free glazed donut every day for the rest of 2021. And I'm thinking, I thought we care. I thought we care about health. Isn't that why we're doing it? But let's not talk about diabetes. Let's not talk about what sugar does. Sugar is actually not good for you. Uh, there's not that I would not that I'm completely sugar free in all in all fairness. But I think that we need to have a conversation about what health is. And health doesn't come from a mask and a needle. And it's crazy to me that we've we've gotten. Uh, at this point, do you guys, are you seeing like government propaganda? Like here where I live, the street signs, the, you know, the signs together, we can do this, right? This is coming out of the Biden administration. Uh, McDonald's is doing it. They're pushing, they're pushing the vaccine propaganda on all their coffee cups now. I think they say, I think they say something like together we can do it. Do you see the same kind of thing in Oklahoma as I'm seeing as I travel the rest of the country? Yeah, we definitely have that as well. And we've been trying to push back on that and trying to reach out to our legislative body and, you know, qu question where is the money coming from all this marketing? But you're so right. Imagine if they would use that money for education on nutrition and exercise and some of those fundamental things that we know that improve health. I and mean, actually the very thing that you know, the comorbidities that we're trying to avoid with COVID-19, those are the things that actually can help reduce the comorbidities that we know are a factor in the deaths. So it just doesn't make any sense, but it all plays into the whole, the whole narrative of people are starting to wake up and see that these things don't make sense. So when McDonald's does it and Krispy Kreme does it, but then you have a gym owner who pushes back and says, hey, well, they're going to offer you uh, that junk for the vaccine, I'm going to offer you a free annual membership, you know, at my place for just coming in, you know, as you are, I think those types of brave moves and the, just always trying to control the narrative and just speaking out, I think those things are helping. So I just encourage people to, to, um, just be brave and to think outside of the box and, 
And um, obviously, we start with ourselves as individuals. And I'm not sugar free uh, completely either. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got to have that chocolate now and then. You got to yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but we've got to, you know, practice what we preach. And um, I think that's the thing that people don't realize with vaccines is that we have never done a study in this nation showing the health, the overall health of fully vaccinated children and um, whether it be completely unvaccinated or those children that have only had a handful. Other nations have, but we haven't. And we have to ask, why hasn't the CDC done this? But when we look at other nations and some of those those uh, long-term studies, they show that the kids that have had the least amount of vaccines, their overall health is better. They don't have ADHD and autism. Even asthma is and allergies is presented at a lower rate. So it just makes you kind of wonder what is going on. Mm-hmm. It's it's really true. And in the couple minutes that we have left, I can you take just a, a moment and talk to the parents who for one reason or another, you know, they haven't done the COVID-19 vaccine yet. And I'm always like, you guys don't get that. I mean, we're talking about a virus with a 99.89% survival rate or somewhere in the neighborhood. And we're scaring people to death. I don't know if you read this, Liza, but Eric Clapton, he wrote about his reaction. Did you see this? He wrote about this terrible reaction that he had to it. And he said that his hands and his feet were either frozen, numb, or burning and pretty much useless for two weeks. He said, I feared I would never play guitar again because he had peripheral neuropathy. And he said the propaganda said the vaccine was safe for everyone. This is a guy who took the AstraZeneca vaccine and he he went on, basically he denounced now the government rhetoric and the quote, he called it the quote, devotion of the general public to Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his cronies. And I thought, this is, people need, I mean, that's brave for Eric Clapton to just say, do you want to be free, you know, or do you want to be a slave? If we want to be free, we need to start acting like free people. And I know this is your heart. It certainly is mine. Talk to the people who are like, okay, something's wrong. I need to get involved. What's the best place for them to start to get involved, to use their voices in the fight for freedom? Because where there's a risk, there has to be a choice or we are no longer free. Yes, I consult with states on this very issue. And I, I always tell them, I encourage you to, to start a political action committee that is dedicated to health, freedom, and parental rights if you don't already have one, because that is where the power is. They're trying to take away your rights at the legislature. Well, you need to go in opposition ready at the legislature to, to fund campaigns and to fight for freedom fighters that are going to tear down that agenda. Because that's exactly what we did in Oklahoma. We not only got rid of that senator who was trying to take away our rights, but we replaced him with numerous freedom finding candidates and now legislators who are running bills that are actually protecting parental rights and health freedom. Uh, We're one of the only states that banned the COVID-19 vaccine, at least a mandate for it, in all of our universities and all of our schools. And so, um, you know, that came as as a result of the political power that a PAC has and the funding that we can bring to help support those candidates and legislators. So I think it's really important to it sounds like really overwhelming, but it's not, you know, anybody, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You just need to have, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. 
Yeah, that's right. And I think people can, I, I, we've been told for a long time, oh, just shut up and let other people do it, you know, or let the, let the professionals do it, or the doctors have your best interest at heart. Well, now we know that's not true. And if anything, if any, if there can be any silver lining that's come out of this past year and a half that we have just been mercilessly lied to and mercilessly locked down, and I'm not saying the virus doesn't exist, you know, people get mad at me. I understand there is a virus, but our reaction to it has been criminal from the top down. And there have to be men and women of integrity and courage to start running for office, to start, you know, organizing these packs, getting involved in their states like you have done there in Oklahoma and really fighting for uh, for medical freedom and fighting for, you know, freedom in general. If we lose our medical freedom, uh, the other freedoms are not far behind. Right. Because what they're going to do is say, well, this is this is in the name of uh, safety. If I'm so tired of hearing that word, I'm not kidding you. I'm so sick of I mean, that's what they say on Delta Airlines every time I fly now. You know, thank you for keeping your mask above your nose and your mouth. Even when you're sleeping, help keeping us all safe. And I'm just like, (laughs) but we're sheep. We're just sheep to listen and to not question. And uh, I'm so thankful for what you're doing and for the message that you're sending. Is there any place that people can go online to find out about the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. You can join us at our website. It's okhpr.com. And our website has everything I think that people could need or use to model. We've even set up a new health professionals umbrella group. And it's just got a lot of information on there that I feel free to copy and take and and utilize in your own state. I mean, it's there to serve as a model and to help others. I love it. I love it. Liza Grevy, you are an American hero, and I appreciate the fight that you are engaged in. I know it's not easy uh, because I got my own fight right here in Washington State running for Congress, and uh, it goes beyond the partisan divide now. And I think we're really, we're looking at a good versus evil, and the battle that we are fighting in many, many cases is spiritual in nature, and people have got to engage. So I'm grateful for your voice, and uh, I'll be praying for you guys. Keep us posted on how it's going there in Oklahoma. I sure will. And you keep fighting too. God bless. Thank you so much. For more information on Liza Grevy, you can go to the show notes today at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I hope this encourages you guys to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. The fight for medical freedom, I believe, is going to be the new civil rights issue of our time. And it's time right now to engage in it. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope you've been encouraged. And I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.